Common Sensors Podcast Consumers. Welcome to episode 61 of Common Sense Sundays with Go Tell It to the Wall, hosted by me, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. We are approaching Halloween, which means we have our Halloween episode coming up. I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but before we get into that, we always kick things off with our social plugs. You can keep up with us during episodes, four episodes, after episodes, whenever you so please, and you can do that in multiple locations. One of those would be Facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. That's right, Facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Uh, also, on YouTube, head over to YouTube, YouTube.com slash go tell it to the wall. That's right, everything, just about everything is slash go tell it to the wall. Uh, that's where you're going to find our YouTube channel. Subscribe, check out all the awesome videos. The video feeds get posted there after the fact, as well as all of our other video playlists. All kinds of great stuff up there. So make sure you're subscribed hit the bell or whatever the people on YouTube say that you should do. Uh, of course, my own personal Instagram account. That's right. This is my personal Instagram account. It does have some Go Tell to the Wall Common Sense Sunday uh, content on there. But you're also going to get pictures of my, my cute kid uh, shows and stuff like that. So uh, head over there, Instagram, at SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. Again, at SoCalSean. Easy to remember. And most importantly, all-encompassing of those things I just mentioned. In fact, you don't even have to remember those other things. Just remember this. That would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right. SeanO'RourkeLive.com uh, is going to give you links to all those things I just mentioned, as well as exclusive stuff that you will not find anywhere else except on the website. Uh, and, of course, you're going to find our Patreon campaign up there. If you're not familiar with Patreon, uh, check it out regardless, even if you hate this podcast and don't want to support us. Uh, there's plenty of other people out there that you can be supporting financially uh, and, and helping them to continue to make great content that you may or may not enjoy. Hopefully stuff you enjoy. I wouldn't recommend supporting Patreon, uh, pat being becoming a patron, there we go, of, of a content creator you don't like or an artist you don't like. But, you know, do you. That's just totally up to your discretion. And if you don't want to support us on Patreon, uh, you can support us by picking up some merch. You're going to find the merch website link right there at the top of SeanOWorkLive.com. Get yourself a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a, a wine glass, whatever kind of funky stuff is up there on the merch site. Decent prices, too. You know you want some common sense merch, so pick that up uh, right there through the merch website linked on SeanOWorkLive.com. Uh, so... Weirdly, I had no shows this week. I just mentioned shows. It's been like a gauntlet of, of shows, concerts, if you will. And uh, I felt a little like naked this week with not having anything to go to. Uh, that, of course, is going to change <laughs> very soon once again as it ramps back up and then kind of calms down for, uh, for the holidays there. Uh, of course, my voice is, is, is kind of happy that, we didn't have a, that I didn't have a show this week. Uh, not this kind of show, not an episode of the podcast, a concert. It's just, it feels like it's been nonstop and then it's going to, like I said, ramp back up again, uh, but my voice is doing a little bit better. And of course, next weekend is Halloween weekend. Halloween is actually on a Sunday this year, uh, which means the annual Go Tell It to the Wall Halloween episode. That's where we do the normal stuff, but it's all Halloween themed, and, uh, and I'll tend to put on something funky uh, for the episode itself. I highly recommend the video feed uh, for the Halloween episodes. And I'm going to tell everyone, th the episode might come out on Saturday, uh, just for fun, because I'm thinking about doing like a Saturday evening episode as opposed to a Sunday uh, afternoon episode. I'll keep everyone updated on that. Regardless, you'll be able to catch it because it's not going to be live this year, uh, so, so it really doesn't matter. Just know that if you're looking for it, you might see it pop in, especially if you're a subscriber, you might see it pop up on Saturday uh, as opposed to Sunday. And of course, kind of going off of what, what's got to be scheduled with my kid because you got to do family stuff for Halloween and with with Halloween actually falling on the Sunday this year. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'll keep everyone updated. Just, just keep in mind that that could change. Uh, and there's also going to be some schedule changes just to put that out there. Definitely an episode next weekend. Probably not an episode the weekend after. Uh, that's going to be Punk in the Park weekend. I will be down in Orange County for the entire weekend talk more about that uh, later in this episode and probably next episode uh, so keep in mind and this is kind of the time of year where this happens and especially travel ramping back up 
uh, and people being able to travel a little more safely. Got some trips not for myself, but for my wife. So we're going to have some schedule conflicts. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to get hit holiday time, and we do take a holiday break every year. So just keep that in mind. You might you, you might be looking for an episode over the next you know two months that, that isn't there, uh, and this is all really just going to be because of scheduling conflicts and, and other uh, commitments and stuff like that. So keep that in mind. Uh, and it's finally hoodie and flannel weather. I, I almost was going to wear a hoodie in the studio today. Uh, but here in Southern California, I know it's cold in other parts of the country, uh, specifically in the Midwest, already getting their like cold weather moving in. Uh, we're getting our Southern California cold weather, uh, which means it, it only gets to the 60s during the day. Um, and, and people always joke that winter is in the mornings in, in Southern California. It's true because we'll be in like the 50s in the mornings and sometimes we hit the 70s in the afternoon and then back down into 50s at night. Uh, but we're finally getting our little bit of Southern California fall weather here. I'm excited to be wearing hoodies and flannels, all that great stuff. That's uh, this is this is my time of year to shine, fashion-wise. I have no fashion sense whatsoever. Uh, in fact, if you look in my closet, I'm like, I'm so excited for hoodie season, and it's like 30 black zip-up hoodies. They all have different designs, but they're all black for the most part. It's just so slimming to have have black clothing, uh, all black everything. All right, now that we're through that opening, let's get into some digital trends. Let's talk about what is likely the elephant in the room today if you were on social media at all, uh, with a little twist to it that I wanted to point out. Uh, yes, there was an earthquake in California this morning. Yeah, at like 7 a.m. in Southern California, uh, specifically. Not real close to where I am, not real far. Did actually feel it, although I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've lived in Southern California so long that I, I really, for the most part, I've been here since I was a kid. I don't feel earthquakes. Now, I have, over the past, you know, however many years, uh, I've had an added earthquake detector, and that would be my wife, who I swear, she's like uh, she's like, like a dog or a cat. I don't, I don't know if you've ever had a, an animal living in an earthquake area, uh, and this was definitely the case with both the dog and cat that we had up until a few years ago. Sure enough, like, one of them would go running across the room uh, right as an earthquake was about to hit, and I swear to God, my wife is like that. She'll feel it before it's even being felt because I swear every time like I can hear her tense up and she'll like and this we were in bed I, I was like asleep and and I'll feel like someone grabbed me and I'm like what's going on and then I can feel the earthquake so I don't actually feel it but I do feel my wife feeling the earthquake uh, almost every time and my daughter true Southern California kid completely I turn I turn my was like is, is it's okay you know She's like, ah, she's completely asleep. Like, all right, now I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> that's just how it works. Uh, but it's funny. I put this in digital trends because that's the ongoing joke is as soon as there's an earthquake in California, and it's the same with rain uh, in Southern California, everybody posts about it. They're like, oh, my God, it's raining. Oh, my God, we had an earthquake. And then it's the, it's the joke. And especially people that are not in Southern California are always like, oh, there's the earthquake posts and everything else. What I did find amusing today as I saw multiple people, before I saw anyone from Southern California posting about it, I saw multiple people say, well, here come the earthquake posts from California. And it's like, you're making fun of it, but you're posting it. Honest to God, I saw multiple posts, people not even in Southern California before I even saw the earthquake posts. And it's like, okay, now the joke's really on you because you're expecting it. And people really, people really aren't doing it anymore in Southern California, at least not my friends. And I think we're just... You get numb to it after a while. The earthquakes. My my wife's been here, been in Southern California for a very long time, but she is an East Coast. Uh, she was raised on the East Coast, so she. It's, I guess you just don't get used to the earthquakes despite how long you live here, unless you were here as a kid. Me, I'm like, uh, was that what? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm going back to bed. Kids, okay, all right, I'm going back to sleep. I don't need to. You don't need to do this anymore. Uh, so so watch out for the earthquake posts, especially from these East Coasters who aren't even experiencing the earthquake. All right evil such and such memes have you guys seen these i feel like i'm talking a lot uh not about this meme specifically lately but ones that are just being beaten to death uh it was funny for like a day and if you're not familiar with these people they're doing like a negative image filter on uh like let's say an image of a band and i, I don't even I, maybe i should have remembered one offhand but and it'll be like band lyrics and they're like evil 
Blink-182 says blah, 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 and it's like the opposite of their lyric. This is freaking all over the place right now. You open up any social media platform right now, and you're going to just get inundated with these things. And I get it. Like I said, it was funny for about a day, uh, but still, as a society, as a society, like it's some serious thing, as a society, we continue to beat these memes to death. Uh, think of the memes. Don't don't overuse them. Still don't even really fully understand what a meme is. I'm of that age where every I'm like, oh, that's a meme. No matter what it is on social platforms, I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. If it's a trend, it's a meme or a challenge. Those are the two trends. That's what I call all the trends on social platforms. Uh, but it's already played out. Don't find something new. Think of something new. It was funny for like with these these trends with these memes. Give it a day, and then let's move on from it. And then give it a couple years, and then it becomes funny. I don't even know, but it's just I don't want to see the same thing over and over and over and over again. And maybe that's just me. Maybe people like seeing the same thing over and over and over. I don't. No thanks. I'm good. I saw it 15 times in one afternoon. I don't need to see it anymore now. Thanks. But that's what we do with the memes. And not only that one, but the red flag memes. <laughs> Even companies are getting in on this one. Uh, company Twitter accounts and such, you know, for larger corporations. And if you haven't seen this one, it's... And this is something... I didn't even fully understand this until recently, but it's been a thing. Like, red flags, like, that's a warning sign. And I see people post, like, spe specifically relationship stuff or dating stuff, and they're like, red flags, red flags. And I was like, what is this red flag stuff? Finally, I understood that. Just in time for this meme trend uh, where, where people are posting something and it'll be like, you know... Uh, I don't like music, red flag, red flag, red flag, little pictures, meme, like emoji, that's the word I'm looking for. And it's like, yeah, okay. Again, funny for, for about an hour, and we get it, red flags, all this other stuff. And I think we can officially retire things like that when uh, larger corporations are using them. I, Microsoft tweeted something, I can't even remember what it was, with all the red flags, and I'm like, okay. And I follow Microsoft because I use Microsoft uh, hardware and software. I, I, you know, so I, I follow them for information. I don't need a, I don't need jokes from, from Microsoft. I just, it's not something I'm looking for when I'm going on to the Twitter. I, I expect jokes from comedians I follow, or maybe a, you know, a television show, a sitcom or something. Not Microsoft, just give me information. Tell me something new's coming out. Tell me there's an update, whatever it might be. All those things. Oh man. All right. Red flags. It's a red, it's a red flag that there's 15,000 of these. Uh, going around online. I will tell you what a, what an actual red flag is. And I, I'm gonna, probably going to talk talk a little bit about it. I'm going to talk a little bit about it later in the episode when we get to common sense. But you've probably seen this uh, just the other day. Uh, we had an unfortunate incident on a film set down there in New Mexico. Uh, a, a film starring and being produced by Alec Baldwin. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the uh, director of photography was killed on set. The director... Uh, was injured on set, uh, all because of a, a and, and information is coming out, so, so I shouldn't be quoted on any of this as factual information, this is just what's been trickling out, uh, seems like a, a real round, a real bullet was loaded into a gun, well, which may or may not have been an actual prop gun, but for those of you not familiar, uh, and again, I'm going to get into more of this in common sense, so I'm going to try not to get tangented here, uh, but you know, you can have a lot of times they're using real guns on set loaded with blanks. Uh, and especially if you're, if you're of a certain age, you remember Brandon Lee, uh, son of Bruce Lee, who, who was killed on, on the set of The Crow uh, because there was a, a live bullet in one of the guns uh, during that death scene. Pretty iconic death scene if you're familiar with the, with the film The Crow. If you're not, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is a fantastic film. It's just very sad when you realize that, uh, that Brandon Lee lost his life. Uh, but the reason this part, this in particular is in Digital Trends, is uh, the memes with Alec Baldwin. I, I feel like the news broke, and about an hour later I'm seeing memes about Alec Baldwin killing somebody. You know, and, there's, and I can't even remember specifically, but there's been multiple different ones out there. And I'm all for dark humor to an extent. Uh, this is not the time. And I always joke like, what, too soon? Too soon? This, <laughs> yeah, this is too soon. Probably... There will never be a not too soon on this one. Uh, let's remember that someone lost their life. 
That that's the important. It's not funny uh, that somebody lost their life, and especially as you're seeing information come out about this, this it's not a good situation. In fact, I'm going to broach that a little more as we get into uh, to common sense here. But if you're sharing these memes, uh, just stop. Go delete them. Uh, it's not a joke. It's somebody's life. This director of photography, she she had a husband and a son. That family is now without their their wife and mother because of this. It's it's not something to joke about, um, you know, and especially not near as sad. But the other, just when you consider Alec Baldwin, I'm sure he didn't intend to kill somebody. You know, information's still coming out, but I'm pretty sure uh, this is going to end up being an accidental situation. Maybe someone gets. It's probably not going to be Alec Baldwin. He he was handed a gun based on. Uh, Protocol's not being done correctly, but he, he didn't realize there was a live round in that gun. And, and sure enough, here we are uh, with somebody losing their life and another person being uh, injured. Uh, a, a, a film set completely shut down and, and hopefully some changes uh, coming down the pipe because this these are things that are avoidable uh, and they're also things that we should not be joking about. So stop with the, the Alec Baldwin shooting, killing memes. and f- It's not funny. It's it's just not. And this one's, uh, this isn't because it's being beaten to death. It's just very insensitive. No reason. Knock it off. Uh, all right. I got a kick out of this one. Uh, the the Truth Social platform, Truth Social, I believe is what, what it was called. Uh, you probably heard about this. This is, the guy promised this, what, like two years ago or you, when, however long ago. It's been a while uh, that, that, that the Orange Menace was going to launch his own social platform. Uh, finally, that that platform is going to be launched. I don't even believe it was fully launched yet. These are sometimes I, I I you know I look at things informationally to to come here and and yell about it at a wall. But there's also I don't want to get too deep into things because I just don't care personally. Uh, but this one became funny because I I believe the social the the platform hadn't even launched yet, and uh, some hackers went in there and basically took over the platform uh, and 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 caused such a stir on this new platform that's not even fully launched yet that they just basically had to shut the whole thing down. Uh, it, like I said, hacked before it even before it even launched. And you had to see, that's the thing, you had to see that coming. And especially a little bit I've, I've learned about this uh, is th- they didn't have the best security uh, out there, the best cybersecurity. It was, it was, I guess, and I'm not a, not a hacker. I have enough trouble with memes and, and understanding what a what the heck kids are talking about these days. So I don't know anything from a technical standpoint, but it seems from what I can hear that it was a little too easy for hackers to uh, to basically take over the site and, and get them to shut it down. So that's going to be an interesting process, uh, especially if they don't get any real security behind you know their servers and everything else. Uh, so look for that. And if you're interested in joining the Trump social platform, uh, it's probably going to launch at some point, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably also uh, that you're not joining the Trump social uh, platform unless you're just kind of a glutton for punishment and you, you like to listen to me and get angry at me, which there are a few of those out there because I, I do get the hate emails. Speaking of emails, somebody emailed me on the website and I get a lot of like junk, you know, where people are like, oh, I'd love to work with you on this. And I'm like, no, no, you wouldn't. You're. My, I got an interesting one the other day through the website. Get tangented here for a sec. Uh, somebody want, was asking me to get them into Magic Castle. And I was like, what? And they had this like plea. Uh, it was their friend's birthday, and they wanted to get their friend into Magic Castle along with a, uh, with another couple guests. And, and they were like pleading with me to, to please get them on the list. If you're not familiar with Magic Castle, uh, it, is a, it is a castle here in Hollywood. Uh, where you have to be a member to go to the castle, and it's all magicians. It's called Magic Castle. It's magicians. If you know a member, then they can get you on whatever kind of list to go. Uh, I've never been. I know I know quite a few people that have been. I I'm always like, okay, you know, I full respect to magicians. It's just I not something I really seek out too much. It's just not. Uh, so I haven't been myself. But apparently, something about Sean O'Rourke Live makes it seem as though I'm a magician. I don't know where that came from. Doesn't say anything about magic. Uh, on on the website whatsoever, but somebody, uh, I I have to dash their hopes because I'm like I even if I, I I don't you know maybe I would, but I don't even have that capability, sir. And also, why are you just emailing random websites? <laughs> Make a friend, and you know something like that, not not just random websites that don't even have anything to do with Magic Castle. 
All right. Uh, but that Trump social platform, maybe find some magicians on there. Although I hope if there's a magician on there, they can make the Orange Menace just disappear somehow. Not talking about, like, assassination or anything. Just just go away. Just, just, just sit down there in Florida quietly and live out the rest of your days. That'd be fine with me, I got to tell you. All right, let's get into some COVID updates. Uh, this one really got me, man. This one got me on multiple levels. Uh, you might have seen this viral thing that was happening less than a week ago. Uh, some, some some firefighters and police officers in Seattle, because uh, they have a mandate coming up, much like a lot of other cities around the United States, uh, where employees of the city, including you know pub, uh, public service, you know firefighters, uh, probably mail ca- I don't even mail carriers would be federal, but lots of different divisions of people have to get vaccinated. Uh, so what's happened is a lot of police forces and, and fire departments have to get vaccinated in these various cities. Uh, well, a bunch of firefighters and police officers in Seattle decided to hold a little protest. Uh, and they made it, it's funny because as information came out, we realized it wasn't completely accurate, but they made it seem as though they had been fired. And what they did was they showed up to the city hall there in Seattle uh, and dropped off their boots because that's a thing. Uh, and in protest of the mandates and making it seem as though they had been fired. Like, we're done, we're fired. We have since found out they have not even been fired yet. It's still They're still going through a process here to see who's getting fired and everything else. Now, a good chance that these, peop- these individuals are going to be, not be able to work uh, for those various departments, uh, but it's not, even, it's not even done yet. It was essentially a photo op uh, of a bunch of boots sitting on these stairs. The other thing that really got me and, and this one hit me right away, is when you see military tributes to, to fallen soldiers, a lot of times they put boots out. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's specific branches of the military, but I have seen this. Uh, so, so not only are they making a big hullabaloo, is that a hullabaloo? It's making up words. I feel like I've heard that word before. I think you have to be 80 or over to use it, but I'm going to use it, hullabaloo. Uh, making a big, big thing out of being fired when they haven't even been fired, uh, just for a photo op to, to try and get some you know some traction on social platforms. And then on top of that, they're insulting people, in my opinion, who have actually died. They didn't die. You just had to get a shot to keep your job. There's a very distinct difference between refusing to get a vaccination uh, to keep your job and, and dying in the line of duty. It's two very, very, very different things. Uh, so not only is it ridiculous, it t- terrible publicity stunt, but it's insulting uh, to these actual tributes that include boots and, and stuff like that. Uh, but of course, that's that's the world we live in now with COVID. Uh, just grow up and get vaccinated. It's not that hard. Just just get the vaccination. Science. Science, people. Uh, I will say, this is some something interesting that I, I probably sh- I feel like I meant to bring up last episode. Uh, but if you're not familiar with this, just some, some useful information. Uh, that I found, my wife actually found out uh, through our insurance company, uh, we can actually get free home COVID tests. They send them to you for free. It's just included with insurance. I don't know that every insurance provider is doing this. Uh, however, if you're in need of a home COVID test, because uh, and I've seen a lot of, and this, I think in California they're much more accessible because I see people in other states saying, I'm not going to pay $150 for a COVID test. And it's like, what do you mean? Like, my kid gets tested once a week at school. I, I know tons of people that are getting regularly tested. Uh, what's with this cost? So, so maybe it isn't nationwide. Uh, however, if that's something you might need, keep that in mind. Check with your insurance company. Uh, we actually got a few of them just in case we need them because they send them. Uh, and they just they sent them overnight. My wife went and, and, and ordered them through our insurance, and boom, no cost, and uh, they literally arrived the next day. So, so check with your health insurance company uh, if that's something you may need because it might be available for you for nothing, just completely free. All right. Oh, protesters. This has been happening for a while, uh, and I haven't really talked about it. And it, It's even happening in Southern California, and it's funny because I've been seeing a lot of it in San Diego and Orange County, which is not shocking because... Of, whole vaccine mandate and masks since it's become so politicized and uh, with those being fair, pretty red areas, you know, for lack of a better word. Uh, but now it's it's creeping up into more of Los Angeles. In fact, I saw 
a big protest happening this week at, at one of the high schools in the Valley over here uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Birmingham High School, for those of you familiar with uh, the high schools in, in the Valley, uh, which I believe is the high school of uh, the Bavona brothers. Don't quote me on that, but uh, but all three of the Bavona brothers from uh, from the Interrupters, I believe they all went to, uh, to Birmingham High School. Uh, and we're seeing more and more of these protests outside schools where pa- it's parents protesting and harassing students and parents as they're walking kids into school. Now, anybody who's really ever listened to this podcast, you know I'm in complete favor of protesting, even if I disagree with you. Go out there, protest. But what we're seeing a lot of is harassing students. They're literally getting in students' faces and harassing them as they walk into school. And it's like, it's my choice, it's my choice, it's my cho-. you know, that's the whole thing. It's we we it's our choice to, to not vaccinate our kids. It's our choice to not wear a mask. And it's like, you know what? It's these other kids' choice to wear a mask and to go to school. You're getting in their way now. It's one thing you want to stand across the street and protest and make your voices heard. You can't stop kids from going to school. And it's such a stark contrast from a year ago, a year plus ago, when kids weren't going to in-person learning and everyone's out there protesting. Our kids want to go to school. Our kids want to go to school. And now they're like, we, you're stopping kids from going to school. But that's the environment we live in right now. It's really astounding. It's really astounding. I've said it from the beginning that if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. Just stay the hell away from me. I'll feel much better about it when when my kid can finally get vaccinated, which will hopefully be coming up soon. That'll that'll be great. And then, and then it's like you know what Darwinism. Go ahead. As long as my my family's safe, you you can do whatever you want with your own life. It's just. Don't be spreading it around. And then don't complain that everything's closed up when you're <laughs> you're just contributing to it. Maybe you can go leave your boots on your doorstep or something <laughs> like that. Uh, all right, one more thing here in, in COVID updates. Uh, we got some news out of San Francisco. Uh, there's apparently only one, because uh, San Francisco is one of those cities that already has the mandate. I believe it's coming into effect, hasn't completely come into effect here in Los Angeles, uh, but they've already got it in San Francisco where you have to be vaccinated to go uh, be a patron of businesses inside. You know, going Now, they're not saying people should starve for not getting vaccinated, but you can't go to certain places. I've talked about this a little bit over the past few episodes. Well, there's apparently one in and out in the city of San Francisco, which I was like, one? There's only one? Okay. Like 15,000 here in Los Angeles in, in the city, let alone the county. Uh, but apparently there's one, and what they did was... They didn't want to enforce this order, uh, and we're not checking for proof of vaccination to let people dine inside their restaurant, this In-N-Out. Uh, and so what happened was health inspectors came and shut down the restaurant. And so In-N-Out's making their stand here, of course, and it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, and they've since reopened with outdoor dining and takeaway. It's like, you're really arguing over just your dining room here? It's not that hard to just enforce it. I, I don't understand it at all uh but i will say and in and out they're like no we can't we're gonna i didn't say specifically we're taking a stand but that's what they're doing they're trying to push back against this uh, and they're like we don't care how much business we lose and everything else and it's going to be interesting when uh when those mandates come into effect in like los angeles where there's a lot more in and outs and i'll be curious to see if they're willing to give up all that revenue uh in order to take a stand against vaccine mandates uh, I mean, I love me some In-N-Out, but it's not shocking at all. It's just not shocking at all from an In-N-Out. It's just not, unfortunately. All right. Let's get into some mental health here. I don't have a lot this week, but I do want to talk about something. I feel like I talk similarly uh, every year around this time, uh, and that that's giving in to pressure from friends and family. Um, you got to remember that it's okay to say no, uh, especially now when it comes to COVID. But even outside of COVID uh, and the risks that come with that, you know, whether it's going to a family gathering where you know people are not vaccinated, uh, people are not wearing masks, people are not being smart about distancing, whatever it might be, uh, it's more than that. Because you shouldn't feel pressured into being around friends and family that that make you feel less than that make you feel uncomfortable, uh, that, you know, everybody's got some family that they, they get together and they just get into arguments and stuff. And I'm not saying you should completely cut out family, 
It's just know that you don't have to do that all the time. It's okay to just skip that that event. Don't give in to pressure because, oh, you need to be here. You need to be here. Eh, not necessarily. It's not worth your own mental well-being. Especially with the holidays coming. Minimize how much you're putting yourself out there based on your own comfort level. That's an important thing to keep in mind. And especially keep that in mind if you have friends and family that don't understand or have or sympathize at all with with whatever your mental state might be in that moment. You know, even if you don't have a mental illness like so many people out there, it it's still something you got to keep keep in mind so that you're not using all of that energy on things that are just not worth it. And even with FOMO, that's been me a lot of times is, is, the, is the FOMO. Like punk rock bowling was a great example. I was feeling all the FOMO. But even if I'd gone, I don't know it would have been worth the stress uh, that would have been caused by being in these huge crowds of, of unmasked people. You know, Fortunately, there haven't been any kind of outbreaks from, from those large events, but it just it, for me personally, it would have been stressful. I, I, I understand that for people out there who were not stressed out by it, who weren't, didn't have anxiety, uh, about going to these types of things, uh, but it's balancing kind of that FOMO versus uh, the toll that it can take on you physically and mentally. Is it worth kind of giving into that FOMO, that that fear of missing out? Um, there's really never a time to feel. You never should be forced to feel uncomfortable, and I think that's the bottom line uh, when it comes to anyone's mental health. There's no reason to be forced to be un. Now. There are always situations where you want to be a little bit uncomfortable and there's, you know, immersion therapy. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is it worth the trade-off of, of the stress and the, the p- other people making you feel bad, f- feel like less of a person, whatever it might be. Uh, and sometimes you do have to give into that. But a lot of times we just end up pressured and you do it anyway. And then you pay for it kind of on the back end, you know. Or you're worried about missing out on something, but you're not real comfortable, but you do it. But then what happens is you spend three days just completely stressed and anxious about everything else and, you know, what you might have, how you may have acted or how other people acted or how people made you feel or how situations made you feel. It's not even always people, it's situations. And remember this for others too. Sometimes somebody isn't like just ditching you when they're like, I can't make it this weekend. I would say most times it's not about you. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what mental state they are in. Most times it's it's simply just how they're how a particular person is feeling. I've been there myself. Like I, I'm like I just I can't I can't go out to this today. It has nothing to do with any particular person. So keep that in mind and don't take it personally and don't pressure others. Don't pressure your friends and family when, especially when you know that they may be dealing with something. Because that's the thing, too, is you may really want to see somebody and, you know, maybe they don't want to and they, they end up... You're not really getting that full person anyway. You know? You're not getting that true the true self of your true friend, your true family, because they're, they're so stressed and they're so anxious in that moment. It's not worth it for anybody. So take that, take that time for yourself and know that other people need that time as well. Recharge, step back, and refocus. And this helps me a lot, personally. Sometimes I just have to step away in the littlest things too. For example, the other night I was just, I don't even know why I was having a tough time and I was getting a little bit short tempered with my kid. I wasn't yelling at her, but I could feel, I could feel it. I was just like, ugh, come on, what are we doing now? It's the rage waiting. Uh, that's, I, that's a joke that goes around sometimes on, on like my dad group. And it's like, you don't know what it's like to be a parent until you've rage waited. That's where you're not even mad. You're, you're mad cause you're waiting. And if you've, if you've, had a kid or a toddler, really any age kid, you know, like sometimes, sometimes it takes 20 minutes to put on some shoes and you're like, well, just, it takes you, it should take you two seconds to do this. No, 20 minutes. So the other night I was in one of these modes and I, you know, I said to my wife, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to step outside for a few minutes. Stepped outside for a few minutes, kind of cleared my head, listened to a little bit of music, came back in, felt much better. I just needed to focus a little, refocus. And then I could be right there for my kid again. You know, and sometimes you you know don't leave your kid like screaming and crying and be like I'm out of here. No, no, there, there's obvious you you pick those moments when you know you can kind of recharge and refocus. 
Keep that in mind. Because it's important for anyone, even if you don't deal with mental health issues or any kind of mental illness, it's still important to have those moments. It really is. All right, let's talk about some positive news. Got some positive news out of Louisiana. That's right. I can't remember where specifically this was in Louisiana, but there was a high school in Louisiana. Uh, they were having some some issues uh, over the course of like two or three days, and what happened was multiple fights had broken out. 23 students were arrested, something like that, uh, at this high school in Louisiana. Uh, and so what happened was some some of the dads of students at the school, 40 of them to be specific, got together, uh, and they created Dads on Duty. And it was funny because when I first saw this, I was like, all right, great. Wait, like, like, let's calm down because you see dads on duty and you think, oh, this dad's trying to be like security guards or something. Not at all. What happened was uh, they got some shirts made and they simply went to hang out at the school and hang out with the students and not be like, it wasn't a bunch of yelling at kids or anything like that or even intimidation. It was more of reassurance, uh, positive reinforcement and dad jokes. That's what I really enjoyed about this one was dad jokes. And this is, this is a fantastic thing to see because a lot of times uh, you, you hear about parents that just are not that involved in their kids' lives. Uh, and I, th- I am a big, big proponent, advocate for, for being extremely active in your kids' lives. You don't want to be a helicopter parent. I'm sure everyone's heard that term. Uh, but you do want to be involved. You want to know what's going on, uh, especially when it comes to a school. I try to get as, as involved um, with, my, with my daughter's school as much as possible. Uh, I've, I've done it. I've actually gotten involved with a couple of things at the school already, like almost too involved where I'm like, Oh great. Now I'm, now I'm an officer on this board group for the great now, but in the end it's well worth it because you know what's going on with your kids. And that's what's happening with these dads. And then you probably have students at the school that don't have, have dads or, or, uh, parents that give them positive reinforcement, even, you know, dads or moms. And they're getting a little bit of that at the school simply through reinforcement and joking. And I'm sure there's some stern stuff like, hey, what's... But all the little clips I saw of these dads, they're, you know, giving high fives and throwing out compliments and everything else. And sure, there's like a, hey, let's get to class. But... And since these dads on duty have started this, uh, no fights have broken out, no arrests, anything like that. Uh, The school days have gone much smoother. Now, interestingly, I don't know how it's working because I can't even go on my kid's campus right now because of COVID. Drop her at the gate, pick her up at the gate. That's a whole thing. So hopefully they're being cautious with that. But I was real happy to see this. Um, dads, and it doesn't matter that it's dads, parents, just in general, uh, becoming involved in their kid's school uh, and helping to create a positive change through through positive reinforcement. You know, In fact, that's going to take me into parenting where I want to talk about uh, getting involved with activities, school, and friends. Uh, this is something that's really important now. I, and I'm, I'm, I was spoiled as a kid. Uh, both my parents were quite active. My, my father uh, coached flag football when I was in middle school. My mother was team mom for the, uh, the roller hockey team, the track team, the cross country team, I th- probably the basketball team when I was playing. Oh, it was everything, you know, involved in fundraisers and all that kind of great stuff. Uh, and I think that's extremely important to do. Now, you don't want to overextend yourself. Uh, obviously, a lot of parents out there work a lot of hours. You know, and in my house, that's that's the case. My wife, uh, she cannot be as involved. She's still very involved. She's making, she's aware of everything going on at the school, um, but she can't be as involved because she works a lot of hours for her job. Me, I work less hours, especially right now in COVID, because can't do live events really. And even with live events coming back, I have not gone back simply because. I have a I have a four year old who's not vaccinated, um, but it's so simple. But it makes a huge difference, huge difference. And like I said, I got a little too involved. <laughs> I ended up on this. Uh, it's not PTA, but it's another council that that goes through, works with the teachers, and goes through and makes decisions, kind of on on where funds should go and 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 things that'll be happening at the school. And um, it can be stressful because I was, I was on a Zoom call for an hour and a half the other day, and I'm, and I didn't mind it. It was a very, very nice Zoom call, but I was just like an hour and a half. It was supposed to be an hour, and my kid's got to go to dance class, and I'm like, I'm super involved here, but I've also got to get my kid to dance class so I can also stay involved with the dance class. You know, so it eats up time, but in the end, well well worth it. So get involved as much as you can uh, if you have kids in school, and even if you're not in school. Uh, know your kids' friends. 
play dates, all those kinds of things are all simple things that you can do as a parent. Uh, and and you in the end, you'll get a lot of joy out of it, seeing your, your own kid develop, you know, learning new skills uh, and just the smile. And I mean, my kid at dance class, she, it's the cutest thing ever. And I, it, you can't sit in on the dance class. So I sit out, either me or my wife sits outside. Uh, they have an outside courtyard, so you kind of sit there. Uh, but they set up a Zoom stream so you can literally watch the kids doing their dance like in the dance studio. So I had to have my wife go this past Thursday because I'm stuck on this call. And she's like coming in the room. I'm like, I'm still on this call. I can't really get off. I am I need to be here because it's, it's a serious thing. and Serious thing, but I mean serious in, as in like I can't just duck out. And uh, so she's like, fine, I'll take her. You know, and then she sends she sends me a Zoom link as soon as she gets there, and I get off the Zoom call, and I'm like, I'm just sitting there watching my kid in dance class. It's fantastic, and seeing the the happiness on all those kids' faces, like they're just loving it. It's important that to to have those kind of activities, you know, nur- teach them how to nurture friendships, all those kinds of things. Uh, just be involved, absolutely. And I did get a small reassurance from my kid this week. It was the other night. Uh, she had some some Halloween stickers. My kid gets so much junk. I don't mean junk in a bad way. It's just she has grandparents to send her stuff, aunts and uncles. Like packages come, and the other day, his package comes to the house uh, from from uh, my my daughter's uh, my wife's mother's good friend, uh, who she's known forever, uh, and sent a bunch of Halloween stuff for my kid. And in there was these stickers, like Halloween stickers, pretty large ones too. Uh, so the other night, she's walking around with these stickers. She comes up to me. She puts a sticker on my hand. And she goes, you did a good job today, Daddy. Here's your, here's a sticker for doing a good job. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you. Uh, so it's nice to get those little reassurances because sometimes it can feel like you're not doing a great job. Uh, but getting those random kind words uh, definitely creates a very positive feeling. At least it does for me, and I'm sure it does for anybody out there. When you get unsolicited things like that, you know, because one thing you're like, oh, I love you, and they're like, I love you too. But when they say it first, you know, or my kid, every once in a while she'll just randomly be like, you're the best daddy in the world, daddy. And I'm like, oh my God, maybe I am o- doing okay at this. <laughs> it's, uh, But those are such a huge thing uh, to get, especially a sticker for doing a good job. Now the next day she gave me another sticker for doing a good job. And I was like, all right, let's stop wasting these stickers. <laughs> and I know she gets it from school because at school, uh, when they have a good day, they and it, which is great because they pick her up at school and I'm like, oh, you got a sticker on your hand. You, had, you, you know, you, you had a good positive day today. And it's like, yep. And she gets real excited. She saves the stickers. She's got them all on a sheet uh, in her room, just a sheet of paper. And she comes home, she sticks that day's sticker up there and then counts them. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be crazy when you have like 100 stickers here and I got to stand here while you count to 100. But well worth it because if you're loving the stickers and you're doing a good job at school, then I'm happy. Uh, This was an interesting thing. And I don't have any, I never have any kind of answers in parenting. I like to talk a little bit about what I'm dealing with. Sometimes I get some, some factual stuff that I've researched myself, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's discussing with other parents or maybe looking something up or my wife is a great resource because we'll have a challenge and, you know, and I'm like doing a quick thing or trying to figure it out myself. And she's like looking up scientists and doctors and like, oh no, this is, and it's like, oh, okay, well that'll work. Um, so I don't have an answer on this, but it's, it, it's a challenge that's, uh, that comes up once in a while on play dates. And I will say, based on my experience, a little bit of advice for that is, and, and it's the challenge of, of letting kids kind of work it out. Uh, whereas as a parent, you want to, you want to be involved and it's partly, you, you know, you want to protect your kid, but you also don't want your kid to be the jerk in, in a play date situation, like selfishness, uh, you know, being mean in any kind of way. Uh, but sometimes you just, and it's not ignore it. You're aware that it's going on. Uh, but sometimes you just kind of got to let the kids, work it out themselves. And it's definitely an instinct to step in. You know, your kid's like, no, I'm not going to share this. And you're like, no, you need to share. Uh, but oftentimes the kid, they'll realize that they should be sharing. Or they'll get into like a small argument. And you're like, you want to step in and be like, guys, let's let's talk this out. And sometimes you have to. It's, it, you know, it's kids start coming to blows and slapping each other. And you're like, yeah, that's probably time to step in. Uh, sometimes kids are going to work it out themselves. I've seen it multiple times. And my kid's only four seen it multiple times with my kid when, when she's playing with other kids. And I want to be like, ah, nope, share that. Oh, nope. But oftentimes, they'll figure it out themselves. So if you're a parent, remember that kids, not only 
is there a good chance they will work it out? But they're learning life skills by, by interacting uh, and, and learning compassion kind of on their own. And you do your best to teach it to them. But teaching it to them isn't always like stepping in the middle of, you know, a small argument or some selfishness. That's, that's what it is. It's usually the selfishness uh, with kids where you're like, you're not sharing that toy. It's like, no, you know what? You got to let them just discuss it themselves. And I've seen it so many times where the toy ends up getting shared without having to be like, share the toy. You know, it's not that they're capable of doing it. So you got to balance the, the intervening uh, with kind of, you know, overparenting versus compassion and helping your kid along. Because there's there's a fine line there, at least in my experience. All right. Common sense. Got a few common sense topics for you this week. This one's particularly infuriating. Uh, there's a high school. I don't even know specifically what high school it was. It's not not important. Uh, but there's a high school in Paso Robles, California. Uh, it's Paso Robles, like central, maybe technically northern California, more central California. There's some wine country near there, actually, uh, if you're into some into wine tasting. Uh, but I'm not talking about wine tasting. I'm talking about the specific high school. There is a teacher there who had a an LGBTQ flag uh, hanging in the classroom. And so one day, a couple of students ran into the classroom, grabbed the flag, and ran out. Stole the flag. And sure enough, like a little while later on TikTok or one of those, there, there was video of the flag being desecrated, uh, specifically being defecated on and put into a toilet this LGBTQ flag, uh, inexcusable to begin with, inexcusable, destroying this flag and taking, like, stepping back from the fact that, which it shouldn't be, but it, it for some reason it can be a polarizing flag, shouldn't be, let's respect each other for the love of God. Stepping back from that, it, this is property theft and then destroying the property that was stolen from a classroom let alone the fact that it can be considered a hate crime. Okay, well, the school, the school response was not to punish the students that did this at all. No punishment for the students. In fact, what they did was they banned flags at the school in order to deal with this act of hatred and destruction of property. That's what students at this Paso Robles High School are being taught. It's okay to steal a flag and completely desecrate it, uh, stolen property, middle of the day out of a classroom, belonging to this teacher, it, it's okay to do that. And in order to keep that from happening again, instead of punishing the kids, there's no flags allowed at the school. Unbelievable. And here's the thing. Can you imagine if this was an American flag? The outrage that would, that would be happening from, from one side over this? That same side that is completely silent? because it was an LGBTQ rainbow flag. Inexcusable. And in fact, if I was a student at that school, uh, I, I would be carrying an LGBTQ flag with me every single day. And I'd say, you're going to ban flags? I'm going to carry flags until those students are punished. And you can still ban the flags if you need to, but the students need to be punished. Consequences for something that can be considered a hate crime. It's, it's so simple to me. It's, it's amazing to me that there are are schools out there, organizations out there that just let these things slide and their way of, you know, avoiding it in the future is, is completely off, completely off base. All right. Some more common sense. This one I really love going from ridiculousness to something that's ridiculously awesome. Uh, if you're, especially if you're in Southern California, you've probably seen this. Uh, there's a tiny home village that just opened up. I believe or it's, it's either just opened up or it's opening up like tomorrow. Um, and it's interesting because it's not far from my house. It's right here in Highland Park, and I've been driving. Uh, I've driven by it a few times on the 110, uh, the parkway here, not far from my house, and I've seen it. And I actually didn't actively do research on it, but I could tell, and I was there's a bunch of tiny homes, tiny home village, and I was like, oh, that's fantastic. That that must be for, for some of the houseless people. Uh, that are around here in Los Angeles. And sure enough, in our, like I, I kept forgetting to go look because I'd see it and I'd be in the car and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to... And sure enough, an article came out talking about this tiny home village uh, where they're going to help houseless people uh, transition to uh, to other 
you know, either home ownership or, or uh, apartment rentals, also employment assistance, all kinds of great stuff, while also giving them a safe place to, uh, to, to live and sleep in the meantime. And this is not a new concept, but on this scale, uh, it is a fairly new concept. I've actually volunteered with Midnight Mission. They do a very similar thing, but they have one building uh, and, and don't, have, don't have nearly as much space as this tiny home village is, is going to have uh, helping people uh, really get off the streets. Uh, and you hear so many people complain about houseless people, or they use the term homeless. Uh, out of respect, I prefer the term houseless. Uh, and, and you hear so much complaint about it, but then nobody offers solutions. They just want to complain about it. They want to kick them out from under a bridge or a parking lot, wherever uh, houseless people are setting up tents or, you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a scourge. They don't want them in their neighborhood, but never offering solutions. Uh, so good on you, Los Angeles, for actually offering a solution. I have no problem with it being uh, right in my neighborhood. I don't live right next door to it, but it's quite close to my neighborhood. Uh, they're gonna, they're literally offering secure. There's gonna be 24/7 security, all kinds of great stuff uh, going on there to to help those in need. Uh, so th- to me, this is just complete common sense, uh, and it's great to see the positive impact that this is going to uh, obviously create for for houseless people here in in the Los Angeles area. Um, so so good on you. Glad to see it, and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that a lot of people will take advantage of this uh, and, and, and move on to the next part of their lives uh, instead of, uh, you know, being stuck houseless and, and on the streets. All right, Vans. Oh, man. This is squid game. It just, it just continues permeating uh, the, the, the pop culture and society. Well, apparently, it is currently difficult to get all white all white van slip-ons uh, because of the trend from Squid Game. And apparently, I guess all the characters in Squid Game in the green jumpsuits, cause I've seen pictures, the green, I guess they're all wearing uh, slip-on all white vans. And so there's a huge run on it because of this. <laughs> I mean, wear what you want. I'm always baffled by a fashion trend that is started by a show that's all about people getting killed. Like, are you, so you're trying to emulate the contestants on Squid Game? I, I don't understand. Uh, and on another note, just side note, all white van slip-ons are not cool. Like I said, wear what you want, but they kind of suck. I own like a hundred and some pairs of vans, not a single pair of all white slip-ons. Because why are you wearing all white slip-ons? They're just going to be beige or gray by the end of one day of wearing them. Uh, and really, the only people who wear them are like nurses and people that have to wear specific white shoes uh, to, to work. So calm down on the all-white van slip-ons. There's better-looking vans out there. Uh, and just know, as we approach Halloween, you're probably going to see entirely too many people dressed up as, as the Squid Game contestants. Uh, not only because of the popularity of the show, but it seems like you just need a green tracksuit and all-white vans. And honestly, if you want it for a costume, I love vans. I mean, buy van for Pete's sake. I got a lot of vans. But you could get some cheaper all-white slip-ons that you're just going to wear for Halloween. So keep that in mind, too. But really, don't, do, don't, don't wear the same damn costume that half of the population is going to be wearing. All right, one more thing here in Common Sense, and this is what I, I said I was going to get to later in the show uh, regarding firearms on set. Uh, the Rookie, which is an ABC show, uh, it airs on Sunday nights. I will admit it right now, The Rookie is one of my guilty pleasures. It features Nathan Fillion. It's, it, you know, it's really, it's not a show for everybody. It's kind of cheesy. It's one of those kind of shows. I don't even know how to fully describe it, but it does have Nathan Fillion, and it's a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. So I'm very familiar with the show. Uh, they have announced that they will, uh, they will, they've banned all live guns uh, on the set of their show, which is really interesting uh, because it's about the LAPD, and <laughs> this is where it's so over the top. There's like multiple shootouts every every episode, and you're like, I live in Los Angeles, so we don't have as many shootouts with police, and <laughs> like there's one, and it's 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 you know, top of the hour news. It's every everybody knows about it. It's, they make it seem like it happens every five minutes, and it's like, well, no, it doesn't. Not saying it's totally safe, but it's not happening every five minutes. There's a lot of gunfire on that show, quite a bit of gunfire, banning live, live, live guns, uh, which, and this is obviously after the Alec Baldwin incident, which I talked about at the top of the episode, um, and 
this should be universal as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and and the, the safety protocols need to be looked at. And as we're getting more information from the Alec Baldwin incident, uh, where, where literally cam part of the camera crew walked off set like hours before this happened, uh, and, and the, the person in charge, uh, the armorer who's in charge of, of firearms on set was completely, was not, I don't want to say completely inexperienced, was inexperienced, uh, literally of her own admission uh, prior to, to the, this incident happening. So, so we know that. We, we know that this is not the most experienced armorer uh, on this set. Uh, and I will say, there, the protocol's in place, quite serious. Uh, but we've also hit a point where you don't need live guns on a set. We have so many, so much special effects and everything else. Uh, and even if you are keeping live guns, just using those safety protocols. Uh, now, full disclosure, I've actually done this. I produced a short uh, while I was in film school. Uh, it was actually the first, uh, the the first live gun to be shot on campus at my film school. Uh, now, all the hurdles we had to jump through were were absolutely astounding. We we shot blanks. Uh, and again, full disclosure, the gun was pointed directly at somebody, uh, directly at somebody, as essentially getting their head blown off, blown off, blanks, everything. Uh, but the hoops that we had to jump through to do that, uh, we had to have a police officer, we had to f have a fire marshal, and we had to have a, a, uh, a gun expert uh, who actually handled the gun. Nobody else touched the gun uh, until it was time for the actor to fire the gun, uh, and, then, and, and then the gun went straight back to it. Two blanks. I, I probably still have the blank shells around here somewhere. I had them for a while. This was years and years ago. Uh, so, so I, and that's on a a, a, a student film, uh, let alone a, a a a union film, which is what was happening there. Um, so, so I'm hoping that this will become universal and they just use more special effects. I'm getting stories of uh, from people that work on set where they used live ammunition for certain things. It's like, wait, what? Why, why is there even live ammunition anywhere near the prop guns or the live guns or the blanks that are being used to shoot actual scenes? That, that shouldn't even occur. Why are we doing these things? There's tons of other options to do this, and I'm hoping that it becomes more universal where there's no live guns on any sets. And at the same time, this is something else that came up, which is just now coming to my mind, uh, and a lot of people in other countries are like, the United States is so obsessed with guns that everything has guns in it. It's like, that's so true. Everything's got guns, huge explosions and all this other stuff. Looking at you, Michael Bay. We don't. Do we really need all that? No, no. And now everything can be done digitally anyway. So stop it with the live ammunition, the live guns, all that kind of stuff. It's just got to be done. And then even if we don't get rid of it, safety protocols. These things exist for a reason. So I'm glad to see the rookies is is, is moving forward, and hopefully, uh, other shows and productions are going to do the same. And if, and like I said, if they don't. It's not something to mess around with. It's not something to be cavalier and casual about. It's just not. It's they're guns. They're guns. I shot a student film with a real gun, blanks, but it was a, it was a live gun, a real gun that was capable of shooting real bullets. Can be done better. All right, entertainment news. Oh yes. And now, as I like to do every week and have recently, the what I'm listening to. And this week I want to talk about a little band called Half Past Two. They're a ska band out of Orange County. I believe Fullerton specifically, but definitely out of Orange County. Uh, I had the privilege of seeing them a few weeks ago at Bruce Gosska. I believe I mentioned that. Uh, but Half Past Two, they've been around since 2007. They've been around for quite a while. Uh, a lot of great music they're putting out there. Uh, and actually they have a new album coming out Friday. Uh, it is a self-titled album. Uh, the Half Past Two album by Half Past Two. Coming out on Friday the 29th. I'm looking forward to that album release uh, coming up in less than a week. I'll be, of course, purchasing it and listening to it uh, on repeat, at least for a couple days, because that's what I do when, when new albums come out from bands that I love. Uh, my kid also loves them. This is We, we listen to it quite often uh, through through like the Google Home here. I'll either put it on because I own a few of their albums, or I'll ask Spotify because my wife has Spotify Premium. And my kid bounces around like crazy. Loves dancing to him. Requests Half Past Two by name. Uh, and my wife also has become quite the fan. And I'll tell you, if, if you are one of those uh, fans of Josie and the Pussycats, they have a cover of uh, the Josie and the Pussycats song. I'm not that familiar with the movie. 
but whatever that song is, a pretty good song. Like I, I'll admit, I just I'm just not familiar with the movie. It was not a movie that was like on my. I knew what it was at the time, but uh, never actually seen the movie. But my my wife pointed that out, uh, and absolutely loves. Uh, also loves Half Past Two. So can't recommend them enough. Um, check out their their back catalog of stuff. On Friday is going to be their first full length album in quite a few years. They put out some EPs. Uh, in the meantime, and if you get a chance to, to catch them live, definitely take advantage of that. In fact, they are going to be playing uh, a record release show here in Southern California on no- Friday, November 5th at House of Blues Anaheim. Uh, I am hoping to be at that show. I'm like 90% going to that show. Uh, my problem is I if I go to that show, I will literally be in Orange County for, for concerts three days in a row, uh, and I'm staying in Orange County that Saturday night for Punk in the Park, which is going to just be two very long days of shows uh so I, i'm still deciding if i can put in three and, and I, no problem with three full days of shows the problem is two like all day shows and then dealing with traffic on a friday heading down there knowing i'm going to be gone saturday night and then not getting much time with my kids so i'm i'm like 90 percent going to be there so you might catch me there we'll see i would love to be there i wish it was closer uh, but it's all going to depend on what i got going on at home uh, but if you have the opportunity, check them out and, and check out that new album coming out on Friday the 29th. All right, I saved this from last episode. I just want to give a quick quick shout-out uh, to one of my absolute favorite bands. In fact, my favorite album of 2020. You can quote me on that. You can go back to the uh, the holiday episode from last year when I when I put it as the num- my number one album of 2020. That would be The Drowns. Uh, their album was Under Tension. Uh, but I did have the opportunity to see them a couple weeks ago down there at Alex's Bar. God, I love Alex's Bar. It's such a good venue, uh, especially for for bands like this. Uh, not a huge crowd there, but damn, do the Drowns put on a good show. I did make the mistake of being a little too close to the speaker. My ears were ringing uh, for about a day and a half. That's just my tinnitus. Forgot to put my earplugs in. I was standing a little too close to the uh, one of the speakers, but still well worth it. Uh, did a lot of dancing. If you go on uh, the Instagram, you'll actually see some photos uh, if you if you follow me on Instagram at SoCalShawn, you'll see some photos from that that specific show. Uh, love the Drowns, and if you ever get a chance to see them live, uh, do the same. They are out of Seattle. They're, they're they've been playing. They started playing shows again recently. Unfortunately, uh, I was able to catch them at at Alex's, uh, and it, interestingly enough, I there was a show that was announced that I couldn't make it to, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And then they announced the one at Alex's. I was like, "Sweet, I get to go." Uh, so so was real happy to to enjoy that show. All right, uh, a couple more things, then we're gonna wrap it up for this week. Uh, World Series matchup, we we have it now. I know we don't have a lot of sports watchers on here. We talk minimal sports, uh, but I will say for those of you not familiar with it, we're basic. We're watching the Astros versus the Atlanta baseball team. Uh, so we basically, if you want to cheer for a team in the World Series, you've either got to cheer for the cheaters, uh, or you've got to cheer for the team with the extremely racist chant. I'm not going to imitate the chant if you really want to know what that chant is. I will say it's called the Chop, and it is not a good chant, uh, and they just let these fans continue to do it at games. I think I talked about it last year when they were playing the Dodgers in the playoffs because they played the Dodgers in the playoffs last year too. Uh, they unfortunately beat the Dodgers last night, uh, so they're going to be going to the World Series, and and I will have uh, really zero interest in watching uh, any of this, and I'm absolutely amazed that the chant is even allowed, uh, but I, I just... I don't want to see either one of these teams win. I, I wish there was a way for nobody to win the World Series this year. That would be fantastic. Going to avoid that thing like crazy. Uh, we got some news from, from Facebook. Some leaked leaked documents uh, showing that uh, they're, they're going to have a name change coming up uh, for Facebook. I'm going to save this for next week because we're running short on time here, Wall fans. Uh, they're they're going to have a name change coming out. Interestingly, I, I have a feeling this is... A, a bit of a rebrand for them. I don't know what kind of thi- other things are going to change, but with the the amount of bad press they've been getting, I'm not shocked by this at all. Uh, and of course, we've seen this with other social sites, and and with the way Facebook buys things up, I'm not surprised because they they probably want to put under everything under one big umbrella. Google does this. Google's actually owned by a parent company called Alphabet, uh, but everything then Alphabet owns Google, and then everything's Google this, Google that, Google you know Google Photos, Google. Whatever else, Google Home, all, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you would think I would remember more of the things because we're a Google Home. I got Google stuff all over the, the house here. Google TV and Android TV and Google speakers and doorbell and just completely connected. I got nothing to hide. Everybody's just spying on me. 
Uh, so look for that coming down the pipe, a little rebrand for for Facebook. Uh, maybe it'll just be called Zuckbook. <laughs> I, I doubt it. That guy doesn't seem like the best dude to hang out with, but he doesn't seem so conceited that he's got a name, you know, the, the platform after himself. Not like the former owner of the, the Charlotte Bobcats, Bob, whatever his name is. Although I think if my name was Bob and I owned a team, I might call him the Bobcats. Why not? My name just doesn't work for anything. The Sean Cats? No, it doesn't work. Uh, but look for that coming down the line. A little rebrand for Facebook because of all the bad press they've been getting. As you know, I, I understand all the bad press. If you curate your Facebook down to what you enjoy, it's not bad. I enjoy Facebook, but I get on there and I talk about music and bands and that kind of stuff and connect with family. I don't get into these ridiculous arguments on Facebook like a lot of people do. All right. Uh, I'm exhausted. I got to go carve some pumpkins with my kid. I'll update you all on that with our Halloween episode that's going to happen next weekend. So look forward to that as well. Uh, I am not a great pumpkin carver. Very basic. My wife is probably going to carve something very intricate. And my daughter's probably going to paint a pumpkin with 18 coats of acrylic paint. So that'll be a fun cleanup for me uh, later this evening. And on that note of pumpkin carving, <laughs> that is going to do it for us. Uh, like I said, we will be back next week, same wall place, same wall time. Schedule changes coming up after that, but uh, make sure you, you don't miss the Halloween special for 2021. Uh, all kinds of other great stuff coming down the pipes. Just know that there's going to be some schedule changes and issues and everything. Uh, in the meantime, and the best way for you to keep up on those updates uh, would be following us on various platforms, one of them being facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. Get all kinds of information on there. Also, youtube.com slash go tell it to the wall. My own personal Instagram account, which is at SoCalSean, S-O-C-A-L-S-E-A-N. And most importantly would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Become a patron. Buy some merch. Get your name on the, the wall of supporters here that you can't really see in the video, but... We get the pictures up now and then. It's just the framing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, so do all that following and do that good stuff. And until next time, Wall fans, uh, this has been episode 61 of Common Sense Sundays with Go Tell to the Wall, hosted by me, your absolute favorite podcast host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, Wall fans, common sensors, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter who you're with, no matter where you go, and especially no matter why you are doing it, always, always use... Common sense.